Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. While you're in sunny Florida, be sure to visit... Orlando! Enter into a world of epic adventure. Welcome to Warlando. I am your host, Adam, and with me today, the one, the only, Mr. Matt Kale. Hello, everyone. It is a pleasure to once again uh, be coming across, like, is it airwaves, internet waves? I don't even know. I don't know. The old, guy, the old guy in me wants to say airwaves just for nostalgia's sake. Yeah, sure. There's airwaves out there. I mean, yeah. like a, there's no wires. It's wireless. Coming to you across the wireless. Yeah, I'll take it. I, I like it how it sounds. All right, good. We went to Dragon Con. Do you want to, let, let's... Uh, to put it out there like right away right from the beginning <laughs> well uh let's let's just talk about it chronologically i think that i think we mm-hmm. should build up we should build up to it so we our last episode we did our dragon con prep and we were talking about playing and the different games that were going to be had and uh all the research we were doing we we're going to get doing research on warlocks and paladins because we knew that there were going to be warlocks and paladins in the big D open event if I sound a little funny, I'm still getting over a cold because I got the con crud and it was bad. Antibiotics, mm. the whole works I'm doing right now. Mm. Uh, so we did all that prep. We we got our, our tickets. We're all set. Mark, Nicholas, and I, we were all going to get in Mark's truck. The first thing Thursday morning, we were going to take off right up there to Atlanta. And then Hurricane Dorian. Son of a bitch. Fucking hurricane shows up and just one at a time we each had to say can't do it. So Mark knew he was no no way he could go because he was going to be on call for work. Nicholas was looking at it and then yeah, no, there's just too much to do to get ready. You can never tell with the hurricanes out there how bad it's going to be and all the at that at this time on Wednesday it was all the doom and gloom the Wednesday before the convention. It really sounded like it was going to destroy us. Like it was going to hit us as a cat four uh, and come right at us. least, at least, right? Like, oh yeah, and that's what yeah. a, a cat four. The the two cat fours that have hit Orlando that I've been here for were pretty devastating. Like mm-hmm. the whole city's without power for days. Yeah, and, and I think in retrospect, it's easy to go ah, because now we know it's sort of. I guess unless you're in. Um, the Bahamas, you right. know, everybody's sort of got fortunate, right? Yes, yes, particularly Alabama. Right. Alabama right. was supposed to get the worst of it. That's what all the reports were saying was Alabama was going to get the worst. That's not true. No one ever brought up Alabama. But anyway, uh, man, those poor people in the Bahamas. So there's a lot of uh, people out there that do. If, you're, if, you, if you have the, the money and the time, uh, please send some love and care their way. Prayers don't do anything unless you're a paladin or a cleric. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, thoughts and prayers don't do anything. Send money, donate canned goods, bottled water. Do do something to help those people because they got just devastated. They got flattened by that hurricane. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a, a, a years-long rebuilding effort. It's going to take a sustained um, push to get to get those poor people back on their feet. And we saw. You know, people, the folks in Puerto Rico are still recovering years later, you know, so absolutely. There's a number of different ways. I'm sure we can put a link in the, uh, in the YouTube channel after this. That's a really to, good uh, idea.
Everybody, since wrapping this show, I did go around and did some research. And what I found, it looks like UNICEF is one of the better, more reputable companies uh, for making donations. I'm definitely not an expert on charities, but that's where I'm going to put my effort uh, to help the people in the Bahamas. And if anybody buys a Warlando t-shirt in September, whatever money that would have been our cut, Teespring gets a cut, we get a cut, whatever money would have been our cut for the month of September, I'm going to be donating any of that money to UNICEF for the Bahama relief effort. Thanks a lot. Charities of their choice to, to help the people who were actual victims and not guys like us who just didn't get to play as much D and D as we wanted to, right? <laughs> true. Not, not, we were, yeah, not, not victims at all. And it's like, I don't really believe in luck, but still it's one of those, I, I still get that kind of nervous feeling like careful what you wish for and careful, careful what you say, because I don't right. believe in luck or karma, but there's still part of me that does. So I got to watch out for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I feel like it's always a, it's always best to err on the side of, caution and and again we're talking about in hindsight here you know obviously we all wish that we had just made the trip but at the right time it was 1000 percent the right decision for everyone's families despite our gaming and uh uh panel attendance related disappointments you know i think (laughs) it clearly was the right way for it to go Um, but nonetheless uh so yeah so thursday I woke up and i still had my bags packed i was still ready to go because we we were really in pretty good shape Haley and I at the house being ready for the hurricane, but there were still a couple things, a couple of things up in the air that weren't quite right. So Thursday morning, I decided to just, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to take the chance and drive up there. Um, which was a yeah. big bummer, big bummer day. Yeah. And from, from, from my perspective, you know, it's like, I'm we're, we're high ground here. We're safe in Atlanta. You know, we had no real risk and I'm just, you know, I wake up on what's supposed to be for me. It's my basically my Christmas morning, right? That's the only yeah. way I can <laughs> wake up in the morning, the first day of Dragon Con, and then I'm just like kind of uh, coffee, a little eggs, you know, vacation day, maybe some eggs, maybe some toast, you know, just, just some leisurely breakfast time, and then the Slack channel starts lighting up, and I was like, yeah, 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 this this all makes sense, but but uh, but nonetheless, it, it was the first day of Dragon Con. This would have been. This is, we're recording this on Sunday. The Sunday and, uh, the a week Sunday. after Dragon Con's over. Yeah, it's about a week and a half now. Well, I guess since yeah. it started, right? Yeah. yeah, a week after it would have been over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, so chronologically, I guess then my Dragon Con from there, I said, well, I can't, there's not much I can do to help these guys and whatever I can do. I certainly tried to offer and, um, I think at one point we even discussed like, just bring all your families all up here all at once. <laughs> yeah. All, all the kids, all the animals just come and we'll make it work here. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, just abandon your home full evacuation procedures. Yeah. Which, which we've done before because obviously being from Orlando and being in Atlanta, it's a good place to evacuate too. And, you know, we have, we're lucky to have enough space to, to have folks come here and do that. So it was, it was totally open, but it wasn't clearly a practical thing for anyone. Um, but so to make the best of a bad situation, I just, uh, kind of, I, you know, said, all right, we're doing this and started to get my stuff together and ran down. And the first thing you do when you arrive at Dragon Con is go get your badge, which is a, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Orlando based folks are familiar with theme park lines and what that's yeah. like. And so this is 
twice as bad as any of that because <laughs> they don't they they only do it you know the once a year and like Disney, mm-hmm. that Disney's like people come to study Disney's technique and the theme park industry in Orlando for how they manage the flow of people. It is really important to, when you're talking about that volume of people to get it right. Because once it yeah. starts to go wrong, once everybody's following the wrong person, it's chaos. Right. And it's also like for Dragon Con, it's like everybody wants to ride the same ride Thursday morning at 10 a.m., which yep. is when the thing opens, right? <laughs> and, and, and to their credit, it is a well-oiled machine. Like it is it is extremely organized when you get there. There's no wasted movement. Everybody knows exactly what to do. There's tons of people helping all that good stuff, but it's still, I don't know, probably at any given time. It's probably, sorry. That's all right. You got the, the Jessica just pulled up on her Harley. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My wife is here with her dirt bike gang. We're going to, (laughs) we're going to have to shoo them off the porch now. Um, but, (laughs) um, but, the uh, the folks there at DragonCon do a great job being organized and everything, but you definitely show up into sort of mass chaos when you go to get your badge, right? So anyone not familiar with it, just imagine that's kind of you're in the Atlanta sun for an hour or so while you're waiting to walk, snake your way through this line to get inside and then wait another line to get up to the front. And then, and then you get this magical badge and like in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, they're like, I gave them in a dollar and they turned us loose inside, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's certainly how I always think of it. Once you get that badge and kind of step back out of the checkout line, you're like, all right, <laughs> what's going to happen now? <laughs> so you, uh, we talked a lot about D&D, and we, uh, you had bought tickets for everybody, right, to go to the uh, charity event? Right, right, which I think, um, you know, when you had Ben and Paige on, and uh, who was the other gentleman that joined? Sean. Um, Sean, right, Sean, yeah. when you were on sort of in the previous episodes, it was their first time doing a Thursday night game. Cause I was always, I was always sort of disappointed. There wasn't a D and D game on Thursday nights. Cause I want to get going. Right. I've looked forward to it all year and want to play some D and D with these folks. Um, and you know, Thursday night's kind of a dead night for gaming as everybody sort of gets in town and gets checked in and they sort of get organized. But, but I guess this year they went ahead and ran a big cooperative game on, on, uh, on Thursday night, um, a charity game, um, for the benefit of, uh, I believe it was the American Heart Association this year. Um, so that was great. Uh, it was a, sort of like the Open, which I'm, we're going to talk about <laughs> in a little bit and probably extraneous detail because I'm still so excited about that. But <laughs> so, so what was the but, charity event? Yeah. Right. So the charity event is sort of similar format to the Open. You, you show up and you're paired at a table and there's multiple tables in the room, but Basically, there are pre-generated characters for each table. So every table is balanced with the same party. And then you're paired with a random um, dungeon master. And there are um, a series of, as you work your way through the encounters and the adventure and the story, there are a series of unknown scoring elements, some of which are pretty obvious, um, and some are of which you may or may not know. Uh, They may be a little counterintuitive to what's going on, but if you... If you get lucky enough to trigger those, then uh, you'll you'll score a bunch of points. But at the end of the Thursday night charity event, there is one table who emerges victorious. Um, and they also did a, a kind of a they did a blind auction and raffle tickets. Like they gave away some of the most generous gifts I've ever seen. Like somebody got like um, whatever the infinite packages on D and D Beyond. You know, oh, just for yeah, the, that, the raffle that. ticket. Yeah. 
just all the content digitally that exists, you know, <laughs> that kind yeah, of like stuff. It's like a $600 package plus 15% yeah. off forever. Right. When you buy right. it. Yeah. There um, was, yeah, there, there was that kind of stuff and been some really cool big models. I think there was a full Kraken model there, like from the uh, D&D, you know, the, the, the D&D minis one. Right, exactly. And I saw there was a, on the table, the picture you showed, there was a big beholder. Yeah, yeah. There was a really big, uh, fully painted, ready-to-go beholder model. Like, I mean, probably two feet tall, something like that, um, ready to go. So, yeah, there was there was a ton of cool stuff that people just put up from their personal collections or some of some people just donated. And, and then they also had a, a, a neat thing at the table, um, kind of akin to if you play in a charity golf tournament, there's a mulligan's jar you know and you'd throw a couple bucks in the jar you buy a mulligan well it was like that you could buy re-rolls <laughs> nice. at the table yeah yeah so we <laughs> were throwing money in there for charity and it's like ah no i'm gonna go ahead and re-roll that you know so <laughs> yeah it's for charity <laughs> right exactly um so <laughs> yeah that incentive. was fun. it was it was i thought it was great it was an unplanned expense but uh, <laughs> really smart on their side right and some shirts so I guess at the end of the day, they raised like almost $3,000 just in that four hour game um, for charity. So I was like, well, that's an incredible accomplishment, you know, for a first time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what time did that end? So that was 8 p.m. to midnight on the Thursday night of opening day at Dragon Con. So I got out of there, you know, 1231 o'clock after I got done chatting with people. Um, And, uh, that was that was probably when I started feeling a little bit better about the whole situation. I was bummed out to not get to see you guys. Yeah, but then <laughs> and, you know things turn around. Uh, oh, and then I forgot what you had happened to you that day. No, it was the Wednesday. <laughs> I wasn't even gonna go into it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah so talking about having a terrible weekend, like we we all get our trip canceled because of hurricane, and again, you know, like first world problems. We did not get hit by the fucking hurricane. We did not. We did not get battered. So I shouldn't be complaining, but no. we didn't get to go on this trip on top of finding out that we weren't going to come up there Wednesday. What happened to you, Matt? Yeah. Well, like, I think I guess, um, so it was really Wednesday afternoon. And at that point we were still sort of up in the air and waiting to see if the hurricane was going to take a turn or something. Yeah. And so I wrapped up my last little bit of work on Wednesday, like literally like, you know, you send the last email, you turn your auto notifications on. I'm going to be gone until whenever, you know, you're kind of like, ah, all that work, I'm ready to go. So I jump in, I jump in my truck and I uh, had to go do a little bit of shopping to get ready to have people in town. And, and yeah, um, long story short, I was in a, a traffic accident and my truck was totaled. Everyone was fine. No physical injuries. Um, I spoke with the other party a couple of times afterward and everybody was good. So that of course is always what you want to hear out of that. But you were yeah, in a head on collision. I was in a head on collision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they were towing. They my truck went to the junkyard. What would have been the evening before you guys are supposed to show up? Your beautiful truck. <laughs> Did you ever morning. name that one? I don't think I ever gave it a name, but we um, uh, we had many an adventure. Yes, <laughs> in that truck <laughs> over the years. <laughs> so many good times in that truck. Um, yeah, yeah. You said uh, sounds like somebody fell asleep and just swerved into your lane. Yeah, I think I think she had a medical issue or something, and she just literally passed out and came into my lane, and there was nowhere for me to go. So yeah, uh, I had to, had a head-on collision there. Um, um, so that was the Wednesday evening before the Thursday morning when you guys started bailing on me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I was I was oh, definitely like, like great by like Thursday at noon. You know that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but things things turned around, right? Yeah, you, you had a great yeah. Thursday night. And at the end of the Thursday night, you know that was I started feeling a little bit better. I was like, you know what? Let me just get out here and chat people up and, you know, play some D and D roll some dice and just get into the spirit of the con and see what's going on. So, so that, that was, uh, I think we covered everything from, from Thursday. It was pretty much a check-in day and kind of get situated and then played in that awesome D and D tournament. Our table did not, if I didn't mention it, well, we didn't, uh, come out on top that time or come in the top three, but, um, definitely got to meet some really cool people and, uh, retouch base with all the, uh, wonderful, tireless folks who organize these things, which is always the best part of going to this stuff. Yes. Oh my God. We didn't uh, mention Mark. Mark uh, is also. Oh my gosh. Not, not Mark from the podcast, Mark Buffington. Mark Buffington. uh, Yeah. He, him and Sean Banerjee are the ones taking over from Ben and page uh, doing all this work. And I cannot wait to see what they do with it next year after everything that they did this year. Well, those guys are just so, community based and so creative and, and tireless in their efforts that um, there's, there's no way it's not going to continue to just be awesome and grow in the way that it has the last few years. My, um, my Thursday was pretty dull. It was a lot of me just kind of futzing around the house, like going over lists and getting things mm-hmm. organized. I think I got, I got out and I mowed the lawn and everything. And I, I went around town trying to get gas and like that there were lines at all the gas pumps because everybody's getting ready for the hurricane. So, um, I did some of that stuff and just kind of dragging my feet with it because I was really down about not getting to go. I didn't mm-hmm. unpack my dragon con bags. I thought, well, now it's my hurricane go bag in case I need to like leave town. <laughs> it's already packed. So that's a really good point. Like getting ready to go to a con is like, it's pretty much your, your go bag. Right? The same thing. It's the same thing. Like, okay, if I have to, if I have to go on the lamb, what do uh-huh. I need to bring with me? It's the same stuff you need to take to the con. Just just leave the firearms out, and it's the exact same list, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, it's, it's the toy ones, the prop guns instead of the real guns. Anyway, right. so that was my day. Really nothing much. Just kind of just bummed all around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Friday. So, yeah. yeah. What was your – let me uh, – let me, um, yeah, talk about my Friday morning. So I'll continue with what I was doing. So Friday morning, I get up in a, in a refreshed state of mind. Like, okay, it sound, at that point, it sounded like the hurricane wasn't going to be as bad. So there wasn't the same level of dread at that point. It sounded like it, it, it was still up in the air how bad it was going to be for us. I have a generator that hadn't been working. Uh, so I got it out and I took it completely apart i've never touched a generator before other than starting one i watched a couple youtube videos which we are so lucky to live in this day and age oh my god yeah the the amount of information i learned just watching a handful of videos that i was able to completely take this generator apart confidently put it back together and when i did that it worked you know i just had to (laughs) clean out the carburetor and I, and I cleaned off the spark plug, and I put everything back in, some fresh gas in there. Bam, generator's working like new. So I got to do something I've never done before, and it worked. You know, and I assume, like, I'm like, oh, man, I, I fixed up my household. And it's not like a masculine thing. It's just like a, it's like, I, I you know, like you think about a caveman creating fire. 
you know, a cave <laughs> person creating fire. This is like, you know, it's an accomplishment. And so I feel like I accomplished something. So I started off feeling pretty good. I, I checked off everything off my list on that Friday. There was less crazy at the gas station. So put gas in my car, Haley's car, bunch of gas cans in the garage. Everything was set. House is looking good. So then I went for a swim and just kind of lounged around and then decided I was going to meet Mark and Nicholas for a game. And so we met up later to play Warhammer. And so we're hanging out. We're, we're kind of just chilling, talking, playing Warhammer. And we hadn't even gotten started yet. We had everything out, but we hadn't even rolled any dice yet. And I get this text from my dad. And it's like at 7 o'clock. Dad's a big fan of the show. He plays D&D with us. And yep. he says, uh, he texts me and says, you know, the hurricane's not going to get here until uh, Tuesday now. You can go to Dragon Con. At this point, it's already 7 o'clock on a Friday. It's a six-hour drive. So I hesitate for a second. Like, I'd already kind of mentally committed to not going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then I just started rolling through. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the storm. My bag's still packed. So I said, fuck it. I, I left everything with Mark and Nicholas. Got drove <laughs> home. Uh, by 8 p.m., I was on the road head to Atlanta. Yep. Un unbeknownst to me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't say because I wanted to surprise you. Yeah, totally worked. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah. Haley calls me at midnight to check on my drive, and she says, "Have you told Matt and Jess that you're coming?" I said, "No." <laughs> She's like, "Well, you still got three hours left to your drive. You're just going to show up at 3 a.m." I'm like, "Uh, okay, okay. I guess now's the time. It's still a surprise if I call them now." So, yeah, what were you doing Friday? So I'll, I'll fast forward through the most of the day, which, which was still great, but to, just to get <laughs> to keep things mostly on the rails here. Um, I had tons of panels, like just, I guess the one benefit of going to the con by yourself is there's no democratic process at all. Like I'm a full dictator of the schedule, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like the things that I absolutely had on my schedule were the things that, that I went and did, right? You know, the, uh, so just briefly touch, I saw a performance troupe do the Silmarillion in 60 minutes, like song and dance with PowerPoint presentation. Like that was awesome, right? That's so cool. Uh, yeah, and anyone that doesn't know what the Silmarillion is, it's basically the prequel to Lord of the Rings. It was sort of cribbed together from stuff that Tolkien and his son wrote over the years. And so they kind of mashed up the whole what happened before in the entire history of Middle Earth um, in 60 minutes in like a rehearsed sort of song uh, number. And they had slides that went with it and stuff. It was, it was terrific. And I did a bunch of I went to a Jordan Peele fan panel, which was great. Just talking about that stuff. I know you and I could go on. Oh yeah, us <laughs> a few hours about and us and Get Out and, and all that stuff and what and Twilight Zone now and all the future projects that are coming up there. So, anyway, that all that kind of Dragon Con stuff. But you know, so that's a pretty great day. And then I should say, by the time you've called me, it's now roughly. I think it's probably twelve thirty or one o'clock here, right? <laughs> by the time I yeah. even know that you're coming, right? Yeah, twelve thirty. So, yeah, so so by that point, I had met up with some of the folks from ATL D and D, uh, and we were, as you do at Dragon Con, completely annihilated and playing a, a, a homebrew board game that we sort of made up on the fly and just <laughs> laughing and carrying on, <laughs> as one does at Dragon Con, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I do my best to kind of wrap that up gracefully and thank them like still and at that point I'm most of the way through whatever 
provisions I had brought in my backpack for the day, uh, <laughs> probably some warm bourbon and uh, <laughs> whatever. I love the flasks you found because they're like <sighs> growing up as a kid in Canada. I don't know how like what the transition was. This was like mid '80s in Canada. You get your milk doesn't come in a carton. Milk used to come in bags. Mm. Do you ever see that? Never. You, you would put it in like uh, you would put it in a normal pitcher, and you would just like drop the bag into the pitcher, and then cut the corner off and pour the milk out of the bag. It's just like it was like uh, where I grew up in Canada was kind of like a dairy. There were a lot of dairy areas there, you know, a lot of dairy farms. So milk is like fresh off the farm, but that's how they delivered it in Canada in, in these in these bags. But you had instead of a bag of milk, you had this bag of bourbon inside your backpack or, or yeah correct yeah yes yeah, sealed up in double bags so it didn't leak anywhere or do anything but uh, yeah and, and i guess we should give a sense of scale i went and got a a handle of my favorite uh, mixing bourbon which would be the bullet bourbon it's so good 1.75 liters correct right? yeah exactly the big the biggest jug they can legally sell um and one of those bags takes about half of that handle. So I had a good size there. And I was sharing that around. I don't mean to imply that I drank the whole thing myself. <laughs> <laughs> but but by the time you called me, we were definitely certain to get to <laughs> the empty side of the I'm, bag. <laughs> I'm so glad I called you when I did. Because I'm, I'm certain it now that if I hadn't, that I would have just been, you would have woke up at 7 a.m. and found me curled up in my car in your, in your driveway. <laughs> So, so yeah, so basically I get the call at, at that state and uh, make my apologies and, and jump in a, uh, in a lift and, and head back to the house. And I think I, I think I pulled up, I don't know, five minutes after you got here. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it, it was, it was easily, it was after three at that point, I think something like that. Right. Oh yeah. And yeah. It was after three. So, so wake up, wake up my wife who, who is a gracious saint with our, <laughs> with our wily ways and this kind of <laughs> yes, stuff. <laughs> she's, she's so patient with our antics. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, so, so just get up just long enough to, you know, get, get you settled, get you inside and then stagger around the house. And in my excitement, because now my, the whole thing's been flipped on its head, right? Like <laughs> it's <laughs> so a, down. It made my misery. <laughs> yes. you know, and now it's like, Oh my God, it's all happening. <laughs> to make Uh-oh. things just, just to throw one more thing. Right as I crossed the border into from Florida into Georgia, like the second I crossed the border, all of a sudden my head just inflated. I don't know if it was Georgia pollen being different than Florida or if it was just because uh, I think I was just already going to get sick. I was already going to get a cold. And then it it did not hit me until I was past the point of no return. Which right. is so great on one hand because – if it had hit me earlier that day, there's no way I would have gotten in the car. If yeah. I was sick, if so, if it had hit me three hours earlier, there's no way I would have driven up. Well, having done that drive a few times, like that's to me definitely the spot where like the energy of the trip sort of leaves you. You know what yeah. I mean? And now, it's, now it's like the second half is like just an uphill walk the rest of the way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally because you're raising an elevation, but <laughs> <laughs> but also figuratively. Um, so yeah, I think. So yeah, so there's all these uh, conspiring forces against us having a great time <laughs> at DragonCon, right? Like everything seems to be fighting us. <laughs> yes, but we get 
so the next day, you, you set me up nice. Your home is always a perfect bed and breakfast mm-hmm. experience. Anytime I visit with you, it's a perfect bed and breakfast. You guys are the best hosts I've ever met. Uh, we just get excited to have everybody up. You know, it's great to get everybody because we, you know, we're the kind of the people that moved away from Orlando. So when we get all the crew to come back up, it's a treat for us. It really is. So, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm so glad to see it that way because yeah, we really do enjoy having uh, all the folks up all the time and stuff. But but yeah, so so Saturday morning, I think the first thing I told you when we got up, I'm making coffee and stuff, right? Yeah, uh, is that I said, oh my god, this is perfect. I'm not hungover. <laughs> And, and then we started talking a little bit and I was like, wait, nope, it's not that I'm not hungover. It's that I'm still drunk. I definitely <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> we were, not sobered up. <laughs> yeah, this was like nine o'clock Saturday morning and mm-hmm. I, we'd just gone to bed at four. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that's, that's, that I would recommend that not for your personal health, but for <laughs> getting through the con. I think that's, that's the key. <laughs> Like what? It's like what's what's the scene from Archer? If I stop drinking now, I think the cumulative hangover would literally kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, so there, from my perspective, there's a little bit of that going on <laughs> Saturday morning. <laughs> we had the good advice from Paige: mm. six hours sleep, two meals, one shower. We got the meals in the showers. The sleep did not happen. We were, we were not no. able to make that part happen. But we got the meals and the sleep. No, the meals, yes. the meals in the shower. That's the thing. Yes. No, no BO, yeah. no uh-huh. rumbly tumblies, just, just without the sleep. Yes. Yeah. That, that, all that, all that planning stuff we were, we were pretty good about. Um, and, and so I guess then our perfectly planned logistics for that morning are, you know, so I guess the, probably the biggest thing that Dragon Con is known for is the Peach Tree Street Parade. Right. Right. And, uh, and describe this because you you've seen it um, probably once or twice, right? Oh yes, it yeah. is. It is a big event, and I know it's not just a, it's a it's Dragon Con's event, but it's a free parade for everybody in Atlanta to come and see all the amazing costumes and floats. So mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's an Atlanta event as well. So it it, it brings a lot of people, you know. Uh, and if you want to participate in Dragon Con stuff, but you don't want to pay for your Dragon Con ticket, this is all outside and all still free. It's going to be crowded. And it's a football weekend too, right? Right. There's no less than three top 10 matchups on the opening weekend of college football in the South. Right. In downtown Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's certainly helpful. Um. <laughs> we had two two pressure things. So the, the, the game that we still want to play in, the D&D Open, is at 2 o'clock. Right. At this point, I didn't have my badge to get in, so we had to go through that queue. And um, I no longer had a ticket for the Open because Nicholas had purchased the tickets for the group. And then when we found out we weren't going to go, refunded all the tickets, or got a right. refund for the tickets. So now I had to go back up again and purchase my ticket for the Open. And, and of course, conveniently, the place where you get your badge is located on the exact opposite corner of the con, the other side of the parade from where you have to get your gaming ticket, right? <laughs> yes, complete opposite side, which is all, yeah, opposite side of the parade, opposite side of the con. We're feeling pretty good. Easy stride getting down there to get the pass, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't, and I mean, well, maybe we should describe if people haven't been, you know, the Dragon Con is not at a hotel or at a resort. It is across a giant section of downtown Atlanta across seven different hotels. So when we say it was the opposite corner, I mean, we're 
eight or nine blocks east and four or five blocks south of where we need to be with a giant parade yeah. between us. Yeah. Right. So what you're, <laughs> we're actually talking about a mile or two. Yeah. Through crowded streets, through buildings, through and we had a, a challenging morning too. So we had we take Jess drops us off at the Marta. Yep. So we take the train into town. And we get off, what, like an exit away, so we don't have to deal with the parade people. Yeah, we were smart there. We didn't get off at, like, the main train station stop. We got off sort of south of there, and then we were going to walk up into it so we could sort of skirt the crowd, right? Yep. Yeah, you were all over that. And logistics, you're, that's, I know that's your strength, and you, you were all over it. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and, I mean, it, it, it translated into a, a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of walking in the Atlanta heat, you know, 11, is, 12 o'clock. <laughs> I'm up for that. I'm, I, I yeah. expect a lot of walking. You know, I, I bought new shoes and insoles and I mm-hmm. broke in the shoes specifically for that weekend because oh, I knew oh, I was nice going to be call. on my feet. Oh yeah. yeah that, that's a really smart move to get those shoes broken. I mean, you don't want to blister halfway through. No, driving. exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got to watch out for that. <laughs> Take care of your feet. Oh, big, big, big deal. Um, so we get off at um, the world famous uh, Five Points Marta Station, and we, we it, it was pretty. I don't think it was much of a challenge to get to the where you pick up your badge at the uh, Sheraton Hotel. Yeah, not at first. all. And we breeze. Yeah, yeah, breeze right and through. Bo- there was no line because it was during the yeah. parade. Right, it was during the parade, and most people were already checked in by then. So we just boom, 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 get you hooked up. I feel like we were in and out of there pretty quick, right? Yeah. So then. Um, it was time to get across. We had to go buy your gaming ticket yes. over at the gaming center. And again, as you said, like I try to be a logistics oriented person. We, and we found this amazing blog that a woman that wrote and, and it taught me something I didn't know about downtown Atlanta, which was this secret tunnel. Right. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, this is perfect because we can get into this secret tunnel kind of on our side of the con and walk above the streets and above the parade through this tunnel all the way over and drop us off right inside where you got to pick up your ticket. I'm like, this is, this is aces, right? This is top level military logistics, right? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. You're going to so, just completely go pa- by it. You don't want to yeah. be, you don't want to see the parade. Just want to, you just want to get where you need to be on the other side of the parade. Right. Yeah. Right. Which there's nothing wrong with the parade, but that's not what we were after. We had, yeah. we had an agenda we were working on. Um, so we get to, we got this whole plan. We get to the entrance to the bridge. We get up there and a very nice volunteer was like, I'm sorry, guys. They're not letting anybody walk across this pedestrian bridge because last year, apparently they had some issues with people um, throwing stuff down onto the parade. So we were shuttled back down onto the street. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and that's I after even... we got on at least one elevator where we were supposed to go up. But we wrote it down like well, we're already on it, and then we went back up, and then found out, oh no, you can't go that way. So back down again. Uh-huh. It's a little bouncing yep. around. Right. <laughs> I could, if I had to walk the same route that we took to get to this place, I could not reproduce it for you. Oh, there's like, no way. <laughs> like we we went up and back and down around. I mean, I guess to be fair, it was a it was a proper dungeon crawl in the dark, right? It really was. <laughs> like, you can't get no across man. the street. We're looking for this secret door. Yeah, but but we know there's traps. There's traps everywhere. Don't go across that room, right? <laughs> so um, we were we were going in and out of stores and in and out of lobbies, and yeah. keep running into people saying, "Oh, you can't go out this door. You can't come in this way. You can't go out that way." 
<sighs> just over and over again. Yeah. Can't go up there. Can't go down there. And just bouncing yep. back and forth across the parade route, all <laughs> up and down for blocks. Um, finally, we get across there, and, mm-hmm. but it was like if we had, it seemed like if we had just waited for the parade to be over and then crossed the street, we would have got there in the exact same amount of time. We should have just enjoyed the stormtroopers. We should have just watched the stormtroopers go by. We thought we were being so smart. (laughs) Well, we did have somewhere to be, you know, but so we finally get through that whole thing. We get into uh, the, the gaming building. We get up to the second floor where you buy the tickets for the different gaming events. We wait through that line. We get up to the front. They have this big board of all the stuff that's still got games available and there's stuff crossed out. So it's kind of nerve wracking to get up there. And we finally get up there and you say, yeah, it looks like it's not, it's not closed yet. So I go to buy my ticket for it. And, you know, the, the woman's going through the Rolodex of the different tickets that are available in front of her. And she's like, oh, making these kind of sounds. Like, oh. And then she gets yeah. to the one we're looking for. Last ticket. Very yes. last ticket. Yes. So yes, secured. So we're <laughs> we're the next step into playing in the Dungeons and Dragons open event at DragonCon. We have now made the next step. Absolutely, and and bless those people who sit there and have organized those gaming tickets because it is always the same people every time I've been, and that is what they do. Yeah, sit there and make sure that everybody has a seat and the place is organized and there's enough DMS and like, you know, everybody's paid their money and has it organized and appropriate. Like my God, I, I cannot imagine, um, spending my dragon con doing that, but these people are saints, uh, truly. So, tr- so true. Um, right. So, so we get some food. We, we, we yeah. mix our first round or my first round of drinks for that morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we head down and then my like, mild irritation of sickness says no 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 i'm not a mild irritation you are going to pay attention to me uh (laughs) started to demand a lot more of my attention uh so i I left you at the front and then i went on my own uh i split the party to Mm -hmm. go to this like two-story cvs to go on a mission to get some like cold medicine something to just shut down the sinuses get some Kleenex and get some cough drops. Those three things, I'm good. I won't be anybody's problem. Mm -hmm. Inside that CVS, they were the friendliest. That was the friendliest CVS I've ever been inside. Everywhere I went. And thank goodness it's there because like, if not for that, there is nothing to be found. Yes. Downtown, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like actual lifesaver. They, uh, huge CVS, but those three things you'd think those probably be pretty close together. No. No, those things were not close <laughs> together inside that store. They were on different floors of the store. I had to ask three people to find all three of the things that I was looking for. I couldn't just find the one and then go from there, you know. But anyway, I make that journey. I come back by well, that and time. And so while while you're on that, yes. I'm having my own little side quest, which is trying to recruit four more people for our table, right? Much more important quest than the one I was on, but still a vital <laughs> a vital quest. I was on a vital quest, but your quest. Yes. But we got we got rotated in and out of like three or four different teams in that time because I was like, yeah, my buddy will be right back. And and they were like, cool. And then they, they were like, you're just one. And I was like, well, my buddy's coming. And they're like, well, we got this this other group. So sorry. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> good luck <laughs> because everybody's trying to sort out their own tables and make sure they're good to go and stuff. But um, I guess that that part of it 
ended up working out perfectly, right? We ended up with an amazing group of people. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, we were so lucky. The The wealth of knowledge we had with us at our table of um, just everybody at our table was definitely a D&D veteran. Everybody oh, yeah. knew role-playing games. Problem solving was on point. Everybody understood the the stakes of the game going in, and there wasn't uh, at no nobody other than you and I. Uh, I no one really came across as being like, oh gung ho, I'm in it to win this thing. <laughs> Not everybody. Everybody was there to have some fun playing this game, right? Uh, and you and I, I th- we were we were pumped about wanting to win, but we weren't that guy either. We weren't like, oh yeah, you guys better shit, like get your shit together because we're gonna win this thing. No, no, none of that was happening at the table. I do want to no. say one thing though: we all got matching shirts for the mm. four of us. We all had mm-hmm. matching Warlando bowling shirts. Which you think four people in matching shirts—that's a club. That's pretty cool, right? Two guys in matching shirts, like, oh, they're a cute couple, <laughs> right? So that yeah. was you and I are matching shirts and, all day too. And also, oh, they, they insist on being chained together for the game. <laughs> so one of the gimmicks of the game is that it's uh, three paladins, three good paladins captured three warlocks. And the, these warlocks are, you know, being put on trial. And so the, each warlock is manacled to a paladin. So they're handing out the characters and uh, I, I'm, I'm like, wait, 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 no, no, no. I, I don't care which character I get, so long as I'm handcuffed to Matt. <laughs> we and we had known these people. I mean, let's be fair; we had known them for. I mean, we went at least five minutes back by the time we were like insisting. That was that was for you. I I just sat down. <laughs> I don't know who any of you are, but we're we have matching shirts. We're gonna have matching handcuffs. You don't understand <laughs> what I've been through to get here. <laughs> You don't. You don't understand. I just. I just want to be handcuffed to my friend. Mm. Yeah. Again, the niceness of people cannot be overstated at this because they put up with a little bit of foolishness from us. They did. The they really did. Uh, we were. The, we weren't. I, I think we were. We were good company. We weren't. We weren't obnoxious, but we were definitely. You know, a little. A little more. I, I think we were. We were, and I don't understand how we could not come across this way. But we were jacked, like we were, we were so jacked. excited. Yes, like, really. Like I was so like, happy to have you there and to like actually be have at least a part of the plan, making it work and everything. And uh, I, hopefully, it came off as just um, exuberance and not obnoxiousness. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think it did, and we didn't get any feedback that way. No, absolutely. I, I didn't get any feedback. Well, I hope not. I hope not. If anybody, if anybody was, if look, if I, if I was too obnoxious, I really, I apologize. I was just really excited to be there playing uh, at the D and D open. To and you know, Matt, it's so rare that the two of us uh, play a game where one of us isn't the DM. Oh it, yeah, it's it's exactly once a year at at DragonCon. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So like that, we we play on the same team. Uh, <laughs> we get we get eight hours a year of getting to do that and that's it besides that somebody's running a game let's go <laughs> yep yeah uh so yeah it was we were definitely pumped up uh so we sit down and uh our dungeon master is in full costume oh so good yeah and he was so patient with us 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. His costume <laughs> and, is just... not not only in costume, but uh, in character too. And I don't mean like uh, you know, I don't. He he was a veteran LARPer, right? A live action role play guy, and uh, you know, you could tell that he had you know practiced, you know, actually making these roles believable, not just, um, you know, tropey, right? Yeah. Uh, like he was, he was really, really good that way. And, um, you know, I, I could not have asked for, you know, a better uh, dungeon master to take us through that adventure because he was just pitch perfect. Dungeon master was Dan Latham. He's got roll hit die, which he's doing, uh, uh, another, uh, Dungeons and Dragons show. Roll, called Roll Hit Die, and I'll put links to both those in the show notes. Definitely check that out. The guy is top notch um, game master, and anything he puts out is going to be gold. I'm sure. Uh, anybody that's willing to listen to us ramble for an hour will be more than happy to <laughs> listen to what he puts out. One of Dan's projects is Dungeons and Veterans, which is going to be a live play Dungeons and Dragons show where all of the players are actual military real world military veterans this is a very cool thing that he's doing i don't know we're gonna post lots of pictures and links and everything. yeah uh, yeah yeah um, so yeah so, and he had he had his fangs in too which he mm-hmm. was you know he he even asked do you want to should i leave the fangs in do you guys mind if i take them out i'm like no then whatever's comfortable <laughs> no <laughs> fangs, i no insist fangs? on you making your tongue bleed for 10 hours sir like <laughs> i'm not gonna have a good time if you don't <laughs> talk about getting blisters on your feet getting blisters on your tongue uh and from friction not from mm-hmm. illnesses anyway uh <laughs> the the care that all of the dungeon masters game masters have for each other that there were there's people going around giving the dungeon masters bottles of water giving them cough drops giving them what they need because they have to talk no matter what any of us the six players at each table are doing the dungeon master is talking the entire time you know like he has like he doesn't get a break and loud like into a big open like expo room right like no ceiling like giant cavern and there's you know, 15 other dungeon masters in there trying to do the same thing that you have to talk loud enough (laughs) over for 10 hours. Right. Yes. Yeah. You have to be the loudest person at the table all the time. Ah, that's such a challenge, such work and man nailed it. So great. Had such a good time. Yeah. So do we want to, I think game a little bit or, uh, I think we can just, just the high points. We won't talk about, like break down the entire game. Cause I, I don't know how much of it is like their actual property. I know when the game was over, he had this whole uh, info pack, the actual right. supplement for the game that I asked for a copy of it. And they said, no, they can't give it out because it's going to be used right. at other conventions. It's their, yeah. is their intellectual property. So maybe we'll, we'll just hit the high points. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And um, if you think I bump up on any of that, we could always yeah. cut it out a little bit. Um, you know, for sure. I want to definitely be respectful of those people's, intellectual property and you know um all that good stuff but but i guess uh suffice it to say we started off on a high note um uh my warlock uh daenerys demon slayer um after and, and we should probably set this part of it up too you're given your character sheet which includes a full background backstory spell list and everything for a seventh level character 
and you get about 15 or 20 minutes to learn it. Yep. Yeah. And it's a lot of information. Um, well, and even if played cl- that class before, it's still like a lot of super specific stuff, you know? And we both had unusual builds for mm-hmm. like my, the paladin that I got, you think paladin, you think plate armor, shield, strength based. No, it was a dex based paladin that I got. She, she had a rapier. Her name was forgiveness. She had a rapier, high dex, uh, eight strength, so minus one strength. So she's not going to be doing anything, any of the heavy lifting in the literal sense for the party. Um, but a great, fun, fighty character to play with a, a really nice list of spells. Yeah, and, and my warlock was also, you know, kind of to my surprise, also dex-based. That was my best stat. And so it was a Pact of the Blade warlock um, with, you know, just tons of specific expertise around melee combat, which is not what you would usually associate with a warlock. And, and not, not what we studied either. Nope. <laughs> which <laughs> is really smart by them because they want you to be, everybody kind of be on even ground. And and I'd love to go through, I don't want to go through any more detail on the characters just because I feel like that would get a little spoily or, or start pushing up on those boundaries. You know what I mean? Right. But I, um, yeah, we'll come back to the characters at the end of it. The basic premise, we get dropped. We're, we're at this trial where the three warlocks are found guilty and are going to be sentenced to death. And they have, they have their chance to say their last words. Mm -hmm. And I think where we offered a chance to, uh, the paladins also were given a chance to say something for them, which this was like a great like moment because everybody that said something got inspiration. Right. So everybody that jumped in right away ready to role play you get rewarded for it so if you're ever doing any of these events shake shit whatever the nerves or or your hesitancy to to speak or to interact come in loose and ready to go because it's you're 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 hitting the ground running you know you better be limber and ready whatever vocal warm-ups like i um i've played a lot of like improv games you know like all kinds of stuff when i study a little bit of acting and uh i'm a terrible terrible actor that's why i don't go anywhere near it but i like the the science of like what it takes to get your mind and body working together mm. in that environment and so whatever whatever you need to do to get yourself your game face on you get rewarded for those things and it, it did those kind of things kept showing up throughout the game yeah, definitely putting forth the effort and the creativity into the role-playing side of it is something that it could easily get brushed under the carpet in an event like this, Yeah, right? Because so focused on goals and strategic objectives and all these things. And I love that they baked in, you know, just those not hard and fast requirements, but here's a perk, like if you're thinking that way, right? Like don't just uh, don't just be thinking crunch, be thinking character, right? Yes, and that, that it, it came up throughout. Uh, that mm-hmm. that you had, we had a, a character that not just had you know a list of weapons and spells, also had a list of background and a list of like ways they relate to the other people at the table and their own personality quirks. Uh, my character, uh, one of her details was that um, she will lay down her own life to save one of her teammates. That's mm-hmm. that's her philosophy. She would. She would much rather be the one uh, 
to die to save her friends. Uh, and that, and I, I definitely role played her with that mindset, you know, made decisions based on that. Yeah. And I think, I think smartly a lot of the ideals, bonds and flaws were, were well designed for, the warlock and paladin pairs, which were chained together, right? But you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that unless you took the time to do these kind of just experimental role playing moments and just and think about, okay, here's a bit of information. Um, how would how would I act in that situation? What is what does that really mean when we're faced with a life and death situation? You know? Yeah. Um, so we. So I guess. Sorry, go ahead. There was one of the mechanics that we uh, we get sent to the nine hells. Mm-hmm. One of the mechanics is that um, when you get sent there, at least for this particular game, that your soul uh, like transmutates into a coin that you have on your person, mm-hmm. and that your soul is actual currency in hell, and that you can you can buy things if you're willing to sell your soul for them. So we're, we land in hell, uh, we're in hell for like, you know, a minute, a guy comes mm-hmm. up saying, Hey, I've got some stuff for sale. And what did you do, Matt? Yeah. I sold my soul in less than five minutes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's your one uh, currency in hell. The only yeah. thing. And you sold it right away. Yeah, no, I, I emptied my checking account on the first day of Dragon Con. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't want to, I definitely will not say what for, but. Oh, why not? Uh, well, do you think it gets into plot too much? I think that, I think that we won't say, let's, let's, let, yeah, I think it's fine. You, what'd you buy? I bought, I immediately traded my soul for a broom of flying. For a so magic broom. Or a magic broom. Yep. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> with no idea what was going to come in the next nine hours, or nine hours and 55 minutes. Um, I felt like that was a good character decision, though. Um, I think the line I, came, the line I came up with at the time was like, ah, that's fine, I'm not really using it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think this is spoiling anything, because I think this would be true in most uh, D&D games to mm-hmm. say that um, there, it was rare that we didn't use that broom. Yeah. It yeah. Very there, yeah. Um, maybe more on that. Yeah. <laughs> when we were at the end of this, right? <laughs> right. We got through the first encounter and it was great character backgrounds. Again, I don't want to spoil too much of the adventure for people that are going to play this in the future that, uh, the character backgrounds did tell us where we needed to go. Once we were in the nine hells that we, there was, there weren't any people to give us direction. The, the contacts were there and we were able to go start figuring out what we needed. Uh, I will say that, uh, it wasn't very long afterwards. I was uh, the second person to sell my soul. <laughs> <laughs> a paladin soul was required to get something we needed to complete the adventure. And because of my character background, I said, well, if, if it's got to be one of us, it's got to be me. So I sold my soul as well. Uh, yep. Yep. And uh, by the end of it, we were the only two people to sell our souls the whole time. <laughs> Yep. 
Um, it, you know, and I think, <clears throat> I think at least for me, and I don't know if you caught this or not, but like one of the most, one of the nicest things anybody said at the conclusion was, and I guess I'll back up for one second because we talked about this on the prep episode about some of the things we were thinking about doing to <clears throat> sort of streamline the mechanics, right? Yeah. And, you know, to speed up gameplay and make sure you're maximizing our opportunities and getting the most out of, you know, the time limits that you have around these encounters. Um, the, the biggest benefit there is that you you get back that extra time to, you know, actually do role-playing and, you know, explore those little character moments and, and find out why you would do that. You, you kind of pay it forward in the, in the, respect of a little bit more time at the end where you can sort of riff off what just happened from your own personal idea of what this character might want to do. Right. Yeah. So one of the nicest compliments that, that we got to the end is a couple of the players that were sitting to our right. were like, man, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and that was a great plan with you guys, but I'll tell you, I really want to hear more about this story of this warlock and paladin who hated each other at the beginning, then both gave away their souls and then became friends, right? They, yes. people, wanted, people wanted to know more about that and have more, those characters all of a sudden sprang to life and people who were the most hardcore role players and read every fantasy novel out there were like, that sounds like a ton of fun to hear more about, right? Yeah. So that, that was a really nice thing somebody said to me. Yeah, that, and I, I got so into it too that we were... You know, we we go on this. These characters go on this mission, and they and they in order to save themselves and save each other and save their friends. Like everybody else, split afterwards at the end mm-hmm. of the thing. But our characters have this now bond. We both lost our souls in hell in order to get our freedom. Uh, now we have this mutual journey. That like I, I like the thought of us role playing these same two characters again at some point on, on this like mission to get our souls back. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's gotta happen. We're going to, that's gotta go on the list somewhere pretty high up. And we uh, weren't two conflicting, um, alignments either. Cause your character was lawful, lawful neutral. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I was lawful good, but I think you now maybe that the soul's gone. Maybe, maybe she does slide a little bit. Like she's not, not quite as, lawful good if there's somewhere in between lawful good and lawful neutral that's where she lives now yeah uh, yeah but yeah i would love to continue and plus they're both rapier fighters and now they <laughs> they were forced literally forced to fight back to back because they were tied together um yeah visually like i really like i'm picturing like the intro to simon and simon or some other kind of like sitcom <laughs> where you picture the right. two of them like uh yeah jumping Spy over versus spy or something yeah, right? yeah yeah like um <laughs> yeah anyway I, so much fun and um i, I yeah, think the, the, um, that, go ahead well i just want to say that the game itself was there was some the puzzles were awesome yeah. um but i feel like everybody in our group was just on point with knowing what we needed to do to solve stuff and yeah. our and having great plans. One of my the highlight, uh, I think, for most of us at the table. I I think it was your plan, Matt, was to fly over this one particular obstacle. We had to get past these monsters, and we we wanted and we knew that we couldn't get 
past his herd of monsters uh, because once they got someone sent, they would chase them until they got them. They would never stop chasing them until they got that person, once they had their scent. So the idea was to use the broom, and since two people are tied together, if one person's on the broom, the other person has to be on the broom too. To use the broom to fly over the herd and then leave them where they could fall off a cliff. Uh, <laughs> and this was your plan. It was a genius plan. Yeah. I, were, it was... We should say it was not some monsters. It was, I think the number was like 500. 500. It wasn't like combat was an option. It was, it was a herd. There's not like you could yeah. fight them. There was like, there, there were, I'm sure there were other ways to solve the dilemma, but this is the plan that you came up with. And I was hesitant to do it because I knew we didn't have a, an, uh, an out and we didn't have a lot of tools to bring with us. You'd already used all your spell slots. All of them. Yep. Both of them. Um, <laughs> And I didn't have a lot of stuff that I could do in a situation to get us out of it in case something gets wrong. We get knocked off the broom in the middle of this herd. We were going to be toast. We were right. going to be dead. The other two guys, the one warlock, uh, had dimensional door. So he could teleport if he got into trouble, him and one other person. Mm-hmm. So um, I said, why don't you guys do it? Because you, you have a way to escape if something goes wrong with the broom. Um, but they were too heavy. They were two right. big characters with lots of heavy armor. And this was, I just want to interject, because this was a great moment, I think, again, from our dungeon master of, like, you know, you and I a lot of times talk about the yes and yes. mentality, right? <laughs> we're like, here's a plan, and we're like, and he's like, hmm, good plan, but you're too heavy for the broom. What do you do? <laughs> so... They take off their armor. Like, well, we'll just take off the armor and take off the gear. And like the one guy, I think it was Sam, I think he said, no, if I'm taking anything off, I'm taking it all off. So (laughs) it was definitely one of the guys. If I'm taking anything off, I'm taking it all off. So they got completely naked to ride on the broom. In in character. In character. (laughs) Completely naked to get on the broom. Uh, So I felt bad. So I'm looking at my characters like, oh. I have the bless spell. So if you have any kind of test you have to take, you get the extra D4. So bless. And so they're like, we're naked and blessed. <laughs> then I think that's what they said was going to be the title of their memoir. Correct. Afterwards, <laughs> naked and blessed. <laughs> oh, I had forgot about that until just now. That is, <laughs> that, that's the kind of stuff that's gold. I mean, <laughs> for me, that was definitely one of the, the best moments. Natural, joyous laughter the whole time. So much fun. I think there might have been a few stones we left unturned mm-hmm. as far as stuff out there, but we we were feeling pretty good, and we knew like the general game mechanics of competitive D&D. It's, some of it's how long it takes to do a thing, uh, but mainly it's uh, you want to avoid taking too many short rests or long rests. Right. That counts they, against you. They definitely want a press-your-luck element to this, and I think that's one of the things we did best was just not play too conservatively, right? Like let's let's just go for it. Let's just let's just swing right. for the fences here, right? Yeah, I ended up with still spell slots left. Did knew, you? Yeah, I think there are some encounters where there X happens, you lose points, that kind of thing. And I think we we got through a lot of those. We we didn't get hurt very often. 
We were able to heal each other. We had lots of potions and stuff. We were in pretty good shape. At the end of our game, Matt Kale was our table MVP. <laughs> Most valuable well, player. Yes, but asterisks next to that. Why? It was, te- it was technically the broom. People the said broom. the broom was the most valuable character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you hadn't sold your soul, we wouldn't have had the broom. So it was you yeah. all the way. <laughs> True fact. Uh, yeah, that was that was really great. And everybody, everybody at the table um, said, yeah, the, that that move was risky at the beginning, but having that broom just made some stuff possible to navigate and sort of conserve resources in a way we wouldn't otherwise have been able to do. Yeah, and we may have had to slow down and take rests or. or kind of slug through other encounters where, you know, hey, we just we just fly over, you know, nope. whatever. But now we got this great image. Like, if we didn't have the broom, would mm. we had, have had as many good excuses to get naked? Naked and blessed. Naked and blessed. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, if you haven't already guessed, if you haven't already seen it somewhere else, we were table seven. Table seven brought home the win. True. Oh, so exciting. So much fun to um, just be kind of in front of the room <laughs> like that. And, you know, when I have not felt that level of kind of just like shocked excitement, right? <laughs> you know, over like a gaming event in a while, right? Yeah. Um, you know, really, I mean, because, you know, you, you win a game against your buddies or you, you place well in a tournament that you guys are playing in for Warhammer and, and you feel pretty good, but you. I feel like there's always that element you're you can sort of benchmark, you sort of know where you are as you go through, right? Yes. Like you know if you're about to win a game or if you perform really well most of the time. And in this, because so much of the scoring is blind. Yeah. And yeah, plus there was, there was one challenge where we definitely failed. Oh yeah. There yeah, was I one don't challenge want to there. To, yeah, we did not <laughs> come anywhere close to well, I'm sure whatever the optimum scoring path was, you know, I think we just, um, got fortunate with the broom there and then came up with some really creative solutions that let us do some stuff quickly where maybe other tables had to really kind of grind through it. And I think those were the things that probably, um, kind of pushed us, pushed us to the top and, uh, made, uh, Adam and I and our rest of our table mates, the, uh, 2019 D and D open, uh, first place, uh, champions, right? Yep. I might have been a little loud <laughs> when yeah, I cheered. I, I, I definitely was. I'm not even going to humble it. I was loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's and, not like, I, I think it's important to be a, uh, a gracious, humble winner and, and, and a, uh, and also, um, humble and respectful, uh, and gracious in defeat. Win or lose, be considerate of the people around you. And I like, this is the third time going to that event. And I remember distinctly the feeling anytime they're like, all right, in third place table blank. And I remember looking at my table and going, Oh, not this. Mm-hmm. Then, then you get the second place. Like maybe, maybe we got second. And they say second, like, Oh no. Yep. First place. And previous years, they, they say that and like, Oh no, it wasn't us. Oh, well. Right. But there was still that moment, you know, when they say, and first place is it could have it could have gone to anybody else in the room at that point too, you know. Still, yeah. there were two people already, but yeah, yeah, I definitely lost it when I found out that we won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it hard earned. 
Well, and I think clearly if we haven't sold the setup yet, we, we worked for that win. Like it, like we did a lot of stuff to get to that spot. Right. And but it's not like we had, like, we weren't like, I could picture working for that win and not having a good time, but I'm pretty sure yeah. that everybody, I, I, I believe everybody at our table had a good time. I, I, that was definitely my impression walking away from it. I think so. I think so. And, and you know, we stood around and, and chatted with everybody afterwards too. And, um, you know, I made sure to thank everybody personally as, as I think anybody should and those kind of things and go around and talk to as many people as you can and ask about their experience, you know, and, uh, what they thought. And, uh, yeah, I think it was, I got good vibes all the way around. I don't, I don't get any impression that, uh, uh, it was perceived any other way, you know? No, I, I definitely got the impression everybody had a good time. Everybody in general at that game. Like you could just tell walking around the room and looking at everybody, everybody just seemed like they were having a blast. That mm-hmm. that adventure was fantastic. So uh, well written. So yeah. well written. The the challenges just right, you know? Like they were Yeah, it was it was just great. Uh well, highly recommended if you get a chance. The 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 adventure was called Forged in Fire. Mm-hmm. Um if you have a chance to play that at a con or if at some, at some point in the future, if it becomes available on the, um, the dungeon masters guild, which you can find through the adventures, like the dungeon masters guild is where you can self publish or purchase digital versions, uh, of adventures for sometimes free and sometimes very, very inexpensive. And if it ever is released publicly, that is where you can get a proper, copyrighted copy of it right um that that's definitely i would keep an eye on that and see if at some point in the future if they decide to publish it i I think this is a great like one shot or a couple of nights uh, or maybe an adventure you just do with over the weekend because it really is designed to take place in like two four hour sessions and give you a full blown dnd experience um that's pretty accessible you know I, i feel like a lot of people could slide right into that you didn't have to have a ton of um, prior knowledge or stuff like that. And I certainly knowing a bunch of D and D lore and, and having other advantages like that, um, will, will help you be successful. But it was, it was just a ton of fun, which is the most important thing. And I think it really got me excited to get my hands on descent into Avernus, which is coming out here in a couple of weeks. And yes. I think we've already kind of taken a straw poll and we think maybe, Maybe once we wrap up our Curse of Strahd campaign, um, maybe the next move is to pivot into that world for a while. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think it's a pretty natural continuation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Any other uh, thoughts, uh, D&D Open champion, that you want to share? <laughs> just um, anybody that hears this, just if you were a player or an organizer or um, anybody that was involved in any way with the adventurers league content um, or uh, from that weekend, just thank you from me as just a a purely selfish consumer of, (laughs) of the product. Um, I did not volunteer or help put this together in any way. I only showed up (laughs) wanting to take, (laughs) I give. (laughs) So, Thank you. Seriously, I know there's a ton of work that goes into that, and I can't imagine you know this the the people who are 
show up and DM, uh, you know, for a weekend or, you know, just give their time back to the community that way. Um, really, uh, it made, it humbles me to see people just willing to put that level of effort in, into an experience like this. Yes. Thank you. Everybody, everybody was just so amazing. Um, and I like to wrap it up afterwards. I, uh, Woke up that next day miserable. I was just so sick the next morning that I immediately just got in my car. I woke up, I said bye guys, and I drove back to Orlando. I, know, I, I think we packed up with a giant cup of coffee and like a yep. bunch of cough drops. And my, my wife gave you an ice pack or probably cold towel or something. Yeah. Like, Please be safe. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it was, and I'm I'm still I'm on antibiotics still because like it turned into a science infection. I'm 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 a train wreck. I'm I'm one of those people like in an actual D and D world. I would I died of infection day one. <laughs> like like right away. I, yeah, died of dysentery. Died of some like crazy science infection. I'm so I I would never have been able like to survive in that kind of world at all unless unless there were actual paladins and clerics running around healing people. Otherwise, yeah. yeah, nothing gone. <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, you're there's no way that your body wasn't completely exhausted. I mean, you were in town for a what? I mean, a solid like thirty two hours, and yep. then turned around and drove home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and I got up. Yeah, it's great because I still doing all that hurricane prep. Like I, I, yeah. Anyway, yeah, crazy because we didn't get back to the after the game. We were celebrating and having a good time, but. Yeah, still didn't go to bed until late that night. Even though by that time I had a, like a full bag of bourbon shoved into me, so <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I was definitely feeling no pain by the end of the evening. No, no, no. All no, no. all landed hard on me that next morning. Yeah, and I, I, I guess to wrap up my end of it, I, I tried my darndest to rally and, and I, I did for i went out there sunday and i had a couple of friends who were hosting panels that i wanted to see and did a couple of those and i think i made it till about five or six o'clock in the afternoon and then then i hit the wall <laughs> just <laughs> absolutely ran out of ran out of gas um so i'll get the pacing right one of these days where i'll actually be able days. to go to all five days at dragon con and attend to some part of them <laughs> made it four <laughs> this year so that's that's the all-time record for now <laughs> Today, purchased my ticket for next year. Ditto. Yep. And they are, anybody that gets excited about this by listening to us ramble on about it, um, the way that it works, it is less expensive to buy it today than it will be in several months. And then the cost slowly ratchets up as you get closer to it. Um, so uh, I would I would highly encourage keeping an eye on that and when it, when it breaks out and uh, your pocketbook will thank you for it. I think today if you bought it like we did you can get at all all five days for like 85 dollars online um yep. which you'll be probably closer to 200 by the time the thing rolls around so yes. that's sort of that's, that's sort of the way they work and, and buying them earlier i know from an organizational standpoint will help them plan better and know how many people are coming and get bigger rooms and bigger spaces and more hotel rooms blocked out and all the things that fan-based and homegrown conventions need to to continue growing strong like this has over the last, I don't even know, 30 years now, right? Yeah. Just amazing. Such a great time. We are absolutely, the, we're actually like, we won at D and D. I know. I know. <laughs> it, it was such a weird concept to me the first time I was introduced to it. 
<laughs> it's just like competitive D and D. I don't. I'm, it's sort of as you know, but the design of it, they've gotten so good at it, and the folks yeah. that are specialized to design in the open, like it's kind of a. I'm sure in terms of the writers who Wizards of the Coast um, gives license to do these things, like that's that's got to be a nice professional accomplishment. It's like, hey, you know, I've got an opportunity to write the open, you know? Yeah. Like, so that's a really cool, you know, reward for, you know, all that, you know, work that you do organizing the communities and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so hats off to those folks as well who like not only put in all that time, but then still have the creative juice left into it to write something like this. Yes. I've been wanting to get uh, a D&D tattoo for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but as much as I love it, there's a lot of hobbies in my life that I'm also very passionate about. Mm-hmm. And you know, like imposter syndrome, you know what that is, right? There, it, it, this isn't exactly imposter syndrome, but I kind of felt like, you know, I love it. But I feel like if I get it, I'm, am I being a bit of a poser? You know what I mean? But now, yeah, I, I can I can honestly say that it, what I just put myself through to get up there to play that game and <laughs> and what I'm still suffering from the the all the things I went through to get up there to play that game and then to win. That yeah, I feel like no, I am not a poser. I am a fucking hardcore geek now. You earned that amper stand on your ass. Yep, <laughs> right there on my cheek. I got bender on one cheek and a big amper stand on the other cheek. <laughs> <laughs> I do think um, the the um, Orlando Gaming Club shirts that we got. I feel like maybe a a, a patch might be appropriate. What do you think? <laughs> a patch? Yeah. What do you mean? Like um. You know, just uh, like if we were in a biker gang, right? And like oh, we made yeah. our bones, you know, like you get a little patch for your biker jacket, you know, maybe just a little, just something small, just a little. Just to, to say we had that win. Open open 2019, you know, first yeah. place, something like that. Yeah, that sounds like a cool thing. And then, you know, in the future, if uh, we place or, um, you know, are fortunate enough to win it again, we can, you know, keep adding to it. Or if other events come up, you know, or, you know, maybe uh, as you guys win some of these bigger, um, you know, Age of Sigmar tournaments, you know, maybe you start <laughs> to stack them up, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the the collection, the club collection. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's a cool idea. Maybe it's maybe it's just me being an old Boy Scout, though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's not a sash if you're a Boy Scout, right? You don't call it a sash. Because ah, no. like, the brownies had the sash. Mm, like the, no. what the brownies, the Girl Scouts. Yeah. 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 Cops yeah, got some of a sash. Right. The ladies have the sash. The guys have, um, God, what do we used to call it? I don't even remember, but it definitely wasn't a sash. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to say to your adoring fans? Uh, uh, for all two of you out there, my, uh, my wife and my friend Adam. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, just uh, such an amazing experience. And I would just encourage people just you know, get out there, make this work. You know, we're getting better and better at Dragon Con, but trust me, the first year that I did it, I was, I went by myself and I was just completely lost. I had no idea what was going on, but it, everybody's in it together when you're at a thing like that. So yes. if you're, you know, worried about just, I'm not going to know what to do or know anybody like, look, everybody's in it together out there. Just get out there and chat people up, talk to you, like talk to folks, go to a panel that looks interesting and if you can't find a panel that's interesting at Dragon Con, 
I don't know what to tell you because <laughs> there is so much cool diverse stuff going there. It doesn't matter if you're a gaming person or if you want to learn more about current events or science or feminism or, uh, you know, take your pick or if you want to go get your stuff signed by some of the celebrities, there's just so much that it offers for the price. Like I would just, just find a way to get it done. Get up here to Atlanta on Labor Day weekend, uh, one of these years and, and, and join the community here and, and come say hi to us. We'll be in the open every night, every Saturday night <laughs> from here until eternity. Right. <laughs> right. Ah, so much. Thank you. Yeah. Anybody listening that took in any way, took part in making that happen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was so much fun. Yep, thanks everybody. So, uh, Matt, what do the orcs say when they win the D&D Open? Did I, did I do better this time? <laughs> you did great. <laughs> this has been an episode of Warlando. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, you can head over to Teespring forward slash stores forward slash Warlando dash two buy us a t-shirt. We're over on Ko-Fi with the name Warlando. You can buy us a coffee or better yet a beer. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're Warlando on our Warlando group Facebook. And we're going to continue making stuff, making shows. And when you think about us, Matt, Mark, Nicholas, all of us over here in Warlando, just picture us naked and blessed. <laughs>